Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Monday, November 27, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. In Riverside, expect a comfortable day ahead with temperatures peaking at 68.7 degrees while dipping to a low of 53.2 tonight. Now, on to our top stories. An Israel-linked tanker has found safe passage after a U.S. Navy operation off the coast of Yemen secured the release of its crew amidst rising tensions in the region. Closer to home, West Virginia's apples are making headlines as the USDA steps in to purchase a surplus $10 million worth of the fruit, providing a nutritious boon to hunger-fighting charities across the nation. And for those passionate about conservation, hear about the latest campaign, Adopt a Shalut, that aims to bring attention to and support the survival of Mexico's enchantingly unique but critically endangered axolotls. Stay with us for details on these stories and more on Alex's News. We're leading today's top story with developing news emerging from the waters off the coast of Yemen, where a strong U.S. Navy presence has thwarted an attack on a commercial ship. For more on this, we go to our correspondent Ethan. Ethan, can you walk us through what happened with the Central Park tanker? Absolutely, Grace. The Central Park, a small chemical tanker, found itself in dire straits after being seized by armed attackers. The distress call was promptly picked up by the U.S. Navy, which quickly intervened, securing the safety of the 22 crew members on board, thankfully, all unharmed. This sounds quite serious, Ethan. Who owns the tanker, and could there be a bigger picture behind this attack? This is where the story develops more layers, Grace. The tanker is owned by Klumvez Shipping Inc., which has a connection to Zodiac Maritime, a company under Israeli billionaire Isle Ofer. Now, considering recent events, this isn't an isolated incident. Not too long ago, another Israeli-linked ship, the CMACGM Simi, faced a suspected drone attack by Iran. While Iran hasn't claimed these attacks, it's hard not to see them in the context of the larger Israel-Hamas tensions. And where does the U.S. Navy come into this? What actions did they take? In response to the ship's plea, the U.S. military, with its allied ships, swiftly demanded the release of the Central Park. As the attackers attempted to flee on a fast boat, they found themselves in a chase with a U.S. warship, which led to their surrender. Were the attackers the only threat the U.S. Navy had to deal with at that time? Interestingly enough, during this high-tension episode, two ballistic missiles were launched from areas in Yemen controlled by the Houthi rebels. These missiles, fortunately, did not result in harm, landing far from both the U.S. warship and the Central Park. But still, it's a stark reminder of the volatile situation in the region. Yemen's government directly pointed the finger at the Houthi rebels, who are known to be backed by Iran, though the rebels haven't admitted to this. You mentioned the Central Park was carrying phosphoric acid. With the crew and cargo now safe, thanks to the U.S. Navy, what's the reaction from Zodiac Maritime? They've expressed their gratitude towards the coalition forces for their swift and effective intervention. This is a significant moment, as the attack took place despite the U.K. Maritime Trade Operations Agency's warnings of possible aggression in the area. This successful effort by the U.S. Navy also ties into the broader context of Iran's alleged involvement in regional attacks, which Iran has consistently denied. 
With Iran's potential involvement and the repetitive nature of these attacks, how might this escalate or affect future interactions in the area? The implications are certainly significant, Grace. There's no doubt that these maritime conflicts are ramping up the tensions not only between Israel and Hamas but also potentially involving Iran. We're looking at a region now on alert, and the recent activities might well prompt tighter security measures and more robust international responses, especially in the strategic waterways around the Middle East. It's a complex and volatile situation indeed. Thank you, Ethan, for that in-depth report. My pleasure, Grace. Next up, story number two. We turn now to a story that seems to offer a glimmer of hope in the face of potential food waste. In the U.S., a staggering number of apples were at risk of rotting away. But they found a new purpose that's benefiting families in need. For more on this story, let's go to our reporter Chloe. Chloe, what's happening with all these apples? Good morning, Grace. It's quite an unusual situation that's turned into a positive outcome. Millions of apples from last year's harvest were facing the grim reality of going to waste due to an oversupply in the market. This abundance was caused by several factors bumper crops, falling exports, and some weather conditions that made a portion of the apples less appealing aesthetically for fresh markets. That sounds serious. How did it reach this point, and what's being done to address it? It is serious, Grace. Growers like Carla Kitchen from Berkeley County, West Virginia, epitomize the dilemma. She had almost half a million pounds of apples and nowhere to sell them. With local processors turning them down, it was looking bleak. Fortunately, the USDA stepped in to purchase the surplus apples and then donate them to hunger-fighting charities across the nation as part of a relief program from the Agricultural Adjustment Act of 1935. That sounds like a major pivot for the USDA. Now, what about the distribution of these apples? That's where the FarmLink project comes into play. This nonprofit organization moved quickly to distribute 10 million pounds of surplus apples, utilizing around 300 trucks. They transported the apples to various locations such as South Carolina, Michigan, and the Navajo Nation. The FarmLink project's mission is to combat food waste and hunger, and they've been instrumental in getting these apples to where they can make a difference. It seems like an ambitious project. Any idea how this initiative has been received? Extremely well, from all reports. This effort has shown a light on how surplus produce, which would otherwise go to waste, can help tackle food insecurity in the United States. NPR mentions, for instance, that while there's over 100 billion pounds of produce waste each year in the U.S., it would only take 7 billion pounds to eradicate food insecurity. That's a staggering contrast. Could this be a model for future efforts? Absolutely, Grace. The success in West Virginia has actually prompted the USDA to announce an additional $100 million to address apple surpluses in other areas of the country. The goal seems to be to replicate this kind of food rescue mission to both reduce produce waste and help feed more people. And for the growers who've already let their apples go to waste? That's a tough situation, Grace. For many, the window of opportunity to harvest and sell can be narrow, making it difficult to find timely solutions for surplus produce. But the USDA's proactive approach is certainly a step in the right direction to prevent such losses in the future. We'll certainly be keeping an eye on how this program unfolds. Thanks for bringing us this heartwarming story amidst all the talk of waste, Chloe. Always a pleasure, Grace. Let's hope it encourages more food rescue initiatives nationwide.
Good morning, everyone. Here are some other headlines we're following this morning. Retailers are seizing the opportunity this Cyber Monday to extend holiday cheer to online shoppers with remarkable deals. Consumers are poised to score some big savings today, making it an ideal time for finding those perfect holiday gifts. In international news, a group of once captive individuals has safely returned to Israel, offering us a small window into their experiences. As this unfolds, there appears to be a glimmer of hope in the Middle East, with Israel and Hamas tentatively continuing a truce and discussions about another hostage exchange, signaling a brief period of reprieve in ongoing tensions. Closer to home, tragedy struck near the University of Vermont where a recent shooting targeted three men of Palestinian descent. An individual has been taken into custody, as the community grapples with safety concerns and fears of rising violence against minority groups. Switching gears to sports, college football fans are buzzing after the latest AP Top 25 rankings revealed significant leaps for Washington and Oregon, placing the spotlight on a formidable Pac-12 this season. And tapping into the cultural zeitgeist, Merriam-Webster has revealed its word of the year for 2023, echoing themes of sincerity and self-expression that are resonating throughout society's conversations and attitudes this year. In other news, we're looking at exclusive insights into Choice Hotel's latest strategic initiatives and a special report on unaccredited educational operations in Louisiana. The buzz continues in the economy, with new developments in the U.S. job market, the financial strides of minority communities, and Wall Street's innovative economic strategies, all circulating in today's discourse. Globally, international trade disputes simmer while political forecasts for the GOP's 2024 approach to electric vehicles emerge, and we examine privatization trends in Kenya. That's a roundup of today's diverse global news standouts. Stay with us for more updates throughout the day. Ethan, it sounds like there's an intriguing conservation effort gaining traction, concerning a species many of our listeners might be surprised to learn is in dire need. Can you fill us in on what's happening with the axolotls? Absolutely, Grace. The axolotl, a uniquely fascinating creature often called the Mexican walking fish, though it is actually a type of salamander, is facing a critical battle for survival. To combat this, there is an ongoing fundraising campaign called Adoptishala, designed to garner support and resources for their conservation. That's quite an adorable name for a campaign. So, how exactly does this Adoptishala work? And what do participants get for their contribution? The concept is simple yet impactful, Grace. People can virtually adopt an axolotl with a donation as small as 600 pesos, that's around $35. In return, they receive a certificate of adoption. Contributions can also be earmarked to pay for an axolotl's meal or habitat care. The collected funds are then channeled toward conservation initiatives focused on increasing the axolotl's chance of survival in the wild. I see. Now, let's delve deeper into why the axolotl is endangered. What's caused this dramatic drop in their population? Their decline is quite shocking. A couple of decades ago, axolotls were flourishing in Lake Xochimilco in Mexico City, with around 6,000 individuals per square kilometer. But by 2014, researchers counted merely 36 per square kilometer. The primary culprits are human-related the expansion of Mexico City is shrinking their habitat, and the associated urbanization is contaminating the waters in which they live. Plus, 
introduced fish species are preying on axolotl eggs and outcompeting them for food. It sounds like they're being attacked from multiple angles. Now, in terms of solutions, how does this campaign intend to go about ensuring the axolotl's survival? A key initiative of the campaign involves creating aquatic refuges. These consist of installing filters in the Lake Xochimilco canals to provide cleaner, pest-free water areas, essential for axolotl survival. The funds from last year's campaign went towards maintaining 40 such refuges, but researchers believe we need 10 times the previous amount to establish a stable axolotl population. With these numbers in mind, Ethan, what could be the potential implications if enough funds aren't raised? The stakes are high. Without these aquatic refuges and substantial conservation efforts, the axolotl could be pushed to the brink of extinction in the wild. This would be a significant loss, not just biologically, but culturally for Mexico, as axolotls have been an important symbol since the time of the Aztecs. And I've heard they've been quite the hit on social media and even in gaming culture? That's correct. Axolotls have captured the hearts of the internet and gamers, most notably in the popular game Minecraft. The campaign is harnessing this popularity to educate and rally support, aiming to paint a broader picture of the urgency of their conservation. Taking a step back, Ethan, how are broader environmental policies in Mexico affecting efforts to protect the axolotl? Sadly, not in their favor, Grace. The Mexican government has approved an 11% funding cut for its environment department, which deals a significant blow to conservation efforts. With pollution, habitat loss, and the introduction of invasive species, the axolotls are hit hard, and now budget cuts may further hamper the protection measures. Well, it certainly seems like a critical moment for the axolotl. Ethan, thank you for this comprehensive coverage on the plight and the push for the preservation of these unique creatures. It's been my pleasure, Grace. Let's hope the Adoptashalat campaign can draw the attention and funding needed to turn the tide for these incredible animals. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.